good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. A really warm welcome to the football show with Nevin Thomas. And on this show this week, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, game, the big game uh, that happened on Thursday against Qatar, uh, take some views. and um, But the main part of the show will be looking at the big tournament that's kicking off on Friday, the Euros uh, 21. I'm sure a lot of people back home will be... Uh, listening and watching and uh, taking interest. A lot of their favourite players from the Premier League will be in action, so we'll see uh, what the guys think. And in terms of the guys, we've got a full house today. It's a very warm welcome to Nevin, obviously, the man whose name is on the door and allows us to come into his room every uh, week. Hello, Nevin. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Albert. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, warm welcome to... Um, Akash as well, fellow uh, Fox, always happy to have him on the show, representing the Blue Army in India. How are you, Akash? How's Delhi today? Yeah. Everything is all right, a little bit humid today, but yeah, sun is, sun is shining bright, so a little bit hot as well. And just to balance up, somebody else who's in the UK, uh, close by, um, and he's been on the show a couple of weeks, so always good to have him and get his views. And uh, although he's a Chelsea fan like Nevin, we're always happy to have him. Vimal, how are you, my friend? How's uh... I'm good, I'm good. Thank you, Bharat. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. How's the UK treated you this week? Great. Uh, got some exams, so <laughs> busy <Good>. schedules. <laughs> And you're working, obviously, on top of that. So a full yes. diary for you. Uh, Nevin, how's, I've not asked, how's your week been? It's, it's a lot of work. been working uh, on Olympic sports. But you don't like it any other way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been just work, work, work. So I wake up around like 6.30 and start, and I'm working till like 1 o'clock in the night. But it's fun. I'm not complaining at all. Uh, there's a lot to cover and the Olympics is less than 15 days away, so, you know, it's very exciting. Yes, um, and you, you've got a big commitment uh, covering the Olympics, and, um, I mean, I'll ask you the question, even now with uh, less than 50 days, like you said, um, how long to go, do you think they'll take place? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, this is also from a fan's perspective and a journalist's perspective that we really hope it's, it's going to happen. But uh, it seems so, right? Everybody is being saying yes. And uh, I think at the end of the day, what, you know, common people in Japan says, or, you know, what, you know, what people there, like, really doesn't matter for the, you know, the bigger powers or, or for them, it's, it's, it's about money and it's about visibility and things like that. So I think there's far too much at stake for this to be cancelled. Yeah, I really do feel for Tokyo because uh, Olympic is meant to be a celebration, a big boost to the economy. But with the postponement last year and a bit of a damp web that might happen with no fans being allowed, especially international fans, I really, really feel for Tokyo. Um, you know, I hope uh, they do take place for the sake of the athletes as well who've been preparing five years now for that Games. But I'm sure we'll be talking about that as we go along, but we hope it takes place. Um, I've got to start off with uh, the game on Thursday, and we talked about it last week. And I'll start with you, Vimal. I don't know if you got a chance to see the game. It was at a reasonable hour for us here in the UK. Um, I managed to see the game. Um, what were your thoughts? Firstly, did you see the? Did you manage to get um, to see the game? Uh, no, but then I caught the full highlights. So 
uh, it was as, as expected. I mean, we discussed that we were going to sit back and defend like the previous game or the previous fixture in September, and that's exactly what happened. I think uh, the uh, the shots on target is is a proof of that. I think it was thirty two to one or something, which is <laughs> insane. So uh, it was it was a good game, uh, and I I think we were a little unlucky because I'm not really sure about uh, the second yellow and the sending off. Maybe that could have you know, you know, change the scoreline or like we could have remained at nil-nil. Uh, or otherwise, Manvir should have probably converted the, you know, yes. brilliant ball from the left. I think that was Ashik, was it? Mm. Yeah, so that that's, it was a, it was a decent game. And I think Gurpreet, you have to say that, wow, I mean, some really good saves. He, he's, he's made sure that the scoreline was respectable. <laughs> Well, um, I, I didn't enjoy the game, I'll be honest with you, but I'll come to you, Nevin. And, um, you know, uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't have been a second yellow, uh, especially that early on. Uh, but I think um, the Qataris were also, I don't know if they're watching Timo um, and how he uh, gets on in front of goal. But um, with 38 shots, um, that was a disappointing um, a result for them. Nevin, how did you see the game? And also the selection of the team by Eagle, because this is a crucial three games, in my opinion, for Eagle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first things first, I think what we've not, we've been winless for the le- uh, last 11 games now. So that's never a, a record. Sign. Yeah, and that's like, it's not something we can, you know, we can't keep, you know, still saying that, you know, there are positives and all that stuff. The narratives have to just die and just admit that. Indian team has failed to progress in the last uh, few years. Uh, we were not, like women said, we're not really surprised by the way the team was selected. But I do think, uh, and I'm sure Akash and Nipan will agree, that FC Goa sort of showed us a way how to do this. You know, there is a way to defend, a way to, you know, still use players who can keep the ball possession. Because just clearing the ball really doesn't, you know, solve the problem. When the ball is cleared, can we keep the ball with us for a while? You know, can we take the pressure away? And like you all said, it's just, uh, you know, we were lucky. The, and Gurpreet had one of those days. Uh, you know, as a Gurpreet fan, and somebody was always stood by him when all these debates happened about, you know, whether Amrinder should be starting. I'm a little happy that uh, this game proved that he's still India's, uh, you know, best goalkeeper. Uh, but, you know, it was one of those days we got really lucky. I think 1 0 really flatters. Uh, you know, if, uh, you know it, it deceives everybody who, would, uh, who did not see the match. If you think it was just a 1 0 and lucky win for Qatar, it's, you know, it was far from it. And, uh, yeah, I thought Qatar took it like some, you know, a, 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 a drill or something like a, a, you know, practice drill because they were trying to walk in. Like they wanted to walk with the ball into the goal. I think they didn't want to like shoot a lot of hands and stuff like that. So uh, very lucky, very, you know, I don't know why, you know, the moment Sahal came in, you could see what, uh, you know, a player who, could, who can dribble and who can create uh, brings to the team, right? So I, I like the fact that, you know, you use Ashik up front and his pace is uh, something that uh, is, uh, is a strength. Manveer is good. I know he, he failed to, you know, create the chances. But I think, I do think we can't just, you know, pack our, you know, team with like five defenders and clan and everybody and just, uh, you know, hope to win against teams like this. We need to be a little more proactive. This is not a good coaching. This is just, you know, you know, putting everybody there and just uh, hoping that they get the work done. So, 
but I am disappointed with the match. Like I saw the match and I was like, no, this is. Uh, I mean, is it? I wouldn't have mind. I mean, it sounds wrong coming from me, but like three zero, four zero, it's all the same. I don't know why people think it's just one zero and be very excited about. It. Yeah, and um, I saw a stat. I don't know if it's this morning or last night. Uh, time flies um, when you're looking at Indian football stats, but I think even the passing accuracy was like 60% or something really poor. Um, uh, Akash, it's, it's good to get your views on the Indian national team because um, you know you're a young person coming into following the national team and you watch a game like that. I'm sure you've seen previous games, like Nevin says, we've lost the previous 10 as well. Um, did you watch the game and um, what's it like as a young person following the national team? Yeah, so I was lucky to watch the game this time. I, I saw the full 90 minutes, but uh, a few few things that really rubbed me the wrong way was first, the red card, very controversial, two yellows back to back. I don't think that the second yellow was deserving the... I mean, it, it was deserved in any way. So that was that puts the pressure back on India. They are already playing against Qatar and, and the result matters by a lot, you know. They need to go to the Asian tournaments as well. So there the result matters a lot, down by 10 men in the, in the first under 20 minutes. That's a very important, crucial factor that we have to take into account when we are considering the result and the stats. The second thing that I saw is uh, if you compare this match or any India's match uh, against an ISL match, you see a certain form of uh, certain form of individuality in all those teams that play in the ISL, whether that uh, is due to the involvement of foreign experience player with them. They gel well basically in their ISL counterparts. But when they are representing their national team, it might be uh, because they have not played so many games. Because practicing is one thing, friendlies are another thing, and when the results matters the most, they don't gel that well. So I feel the team chemistry has been low, as, as you said, that the past success rate was significantly lower. I have, I have seen the players were rushing in when they were producing, our, our players, when they were producing some counter-attacks. Till the last moment, until they were closed down upon, they didn't attempt to pass anybody. They were being selfish at times. There were options. I have seen players you know, rush, rushing into the flanks, but they had sort of, uh, a doubt, a second thought about passing the ball to their teammates. And uh, as everybody previously mentioned, Gurpreet had a tremendous game. And for that, the score line remained 1 0. And we are lucky to lose by 1 0 because the result could have been easily 4 to 5 goals. And yeah, I, I didn't see any rush from Qatar. And uh, so, you know, hard to judge. And just adding to sorry, uh, just adding to Arthur's point there. I think it is a lack of coaching, which is you know confusing these players. So when they go forward, it's like they don't know what to do next. They don't know what runs their player. You know, you know, colleague is going to make. So I think it's partly. I don't know if it is entirely selfish or whether it's just a lack of you know understanding what the team is set up to be. I think. It did look very chaotic. You're absolutely spot on. But I think I want to blame the coach instead of the players. Well, Vimo, um, uh, just building on um, Nevin's point and Akash's point about uh, you know the players not really gelling. I mean, the same applies to all international managers. You know, they have a certain limited time before any big game or friendlies to get that uh, combinations working. Um, 
so that's nothing new for Eagle, but is it around how in the past 10 months or something, Eagle's DMAC has not really used that length of time to build that combinations and he's been changing and trying too many combinations and formations and tactics. And this is now the result. Or are we reading too much into this Qatar result? I certainly think so, because uh, I, I genuinely believe that we have at least two or three quality players who can actually create chances and score. And uh, most of them are young, uh, apart from Chetri, all of them are young. And, you know, they, they need the right kind of man to tell them what to do, you know, to develop the skill and, you know, get, get it to a finished product. And that is that is something that's been missing from the Indian team. There's no there's no finish. Or there's no <clears throat> goals. So I think that a coach has a huge role, you know, in, in bringing those goals in. Uh, and I also think that, uh, like uh, Akash said, uh, maybe the Indian players uh, play or uh, you know play better if if they have a, 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 an experienced foreign international playing amongst them, you know, to just to make that crucial pass or that touch. And uh, which is essentially why I, I genuinely believe that we should let uh, players like Roy Krishna <laughs> play for India. It might make a difference. You never know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's what I believe. I think God has to step up. And I mean, it's not like he's he's had like just two or three games now. It's it's been a while, and uh, maybe he should you know take a look at to shell you know and you know <laughs> see how how to turn around the team in a short span of time. <laughs> Yeah, and it's something that Nevin and I have spoken about quite a few times in terms of allowing um, players of Indian origin to play. And I think, uh, to be fair to the Federation, I think they want it, but it's, the, it's I think, to do with the uh, immigration rules, which is a government policy decision that's stopping it at the moment. So I'm not sure that will change unless um, Narendra Modi wants us to win the Asia Cup, then I'm sure it, all the uh, stocks will be uh, removed and we'll get some decent players being allowed to play for India. But uh, in terms of uh, turning around, we knew the Qatar game, you know, it was a sort of like um, a free hit, as it were, Nevin. And as long as we didn't get a battering, which we didn't, so the confidence should be there. Ten men held out. We know we were lucky. But how do you think... They've been preparing for the next two games um, mentally and thinking, Qatar, yeah, we'll do our best and we'll we'll try and get out with a decent result, which they did. But these two games are what they're focused on, which I hope is the case. And how do you think it is going to be easy to turn around a defensive mentality toward an attacking mentality, which they will need definitely against Bangladesh? That is a must-must-win game. So uh, if you remember the last Bangladesh game, we did dominate, but we didn't know what to do with it. So we were lucky to get a last minute draw. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also shambolic defending from our defenders. So that's, I mean, I remember Adil Khan making a few horrendous mistakes. But uh, uh, I, I think if you go there expecting to dominate Bangladesh, uh, I think you're, you know, uh, you, because you want their players coming forward. If they're going to park the bus there, there's no way India is going to score because we don't have that kind of players in our ranks. You know, we've got very exciting players, but not those, you know, 30-yard screamers and, uh, you know, people who can do that. I mean, apart from Chetri, of course. So, uh, it really depends on how India is going to set up. I hope India, again, sets it up in a, uh, I'm, I'm not saying in a fully defensive way, but, you know, defense-heavy way. So that, you know, Bangladesh also has the ball and we can counter. So it's, it's going to be a, you know, a match of 
how you can you know use the space available in the football pitch and you know get bangladesh to spread across the football pitch rather than you know put put all the 11 players uh, you know 10 players ahead of the goalkeeper so i think that's going to be the challenge <laughs> i i mean sound very rude yeah, but i don't think see matches capable of anything uh, you know very you know <laughs> you know something out out of the blue to you know figure out how to crack the bangladesh team so i am still hoping for individual brilliance to undo bangladesh and i hope and i really hope we take them seriously in terms of we can't leak a goal the moment you concede a goal against bangladesh then that that's it for you then then they're going to park and there is no way to win so i hope we do you know look at uh, i i still think and i've said this i think in like so many shows in uh, in desi sports cast is that i still think this defensive setup is better for india you know have a three men defense and two wing backs going uh, maybe not the same players that we put against uh, uh, qatar but you know i think that system is a little bit better for us so a 3 4 3 or something and uh, try to stretch bangladesh as much as possible and hopefully we can Um, you know, get an important result. In fact, uh, Bangladesh did a big favor for us, getting that late, late-ish equalizer against Afghanistan. So, you know, Afghanistan dropped a couple of points, um, which means that it, you know, we, otherwise it would have become really difficult for us. Um, how do you see those these next two games? And do you agree that um, Steamax jobs on the line with these two games? absolutely so far he hasn't been able to produce the desirable results and the desirable results are now crucial because if you want to qualify for either of the tournaments uh world cup is not a possibility but the the lower level tournaments then you need to produce results and you can't possibly imagine to you know nobody imagined that india would have to fight it out and produce like vital results against teams teams like bangladesh and afghanistan you expect a country of 1.3 billion to produce good players that can you know fit in the system and uh, produce the results i don't know why we we have taken this long but at the same time if the team is not gelling well i think there is an option to look into the isl you know select paired the players according to their team so there is a bit a bit of understanding between the players in each department like if you're going to two three center backs try to bring two from the same team which has been dominant and defensively defensively very good in the ISL same uh, do for the midfielder strikers right flank left flank you can pair up and increase your chances also i don't see a point i mean the state of the team right now we need an astronomical rise to rise up from this group stages and that really requires us to permit the players from indian origins like there was chopra once playing for england and uh, really wanted him to come but this immigration rules hasn't changed for cricket hasn't changed for football and uh, somewhere cricket is okay it's doing very good but when you talk about football we need that extra bit of push to you know crack the ceiling and then then onwards when the general public ushers in their interest in football because we need something major to do and we need to generate that interest so that we can cultivate from this 1.3 billion we can capitalize it to our advantage and that that hasn't been happening and obviously the the system will be criticized because the manager puts the system in place and when the results are so demanding and the team is underachieving obviously he will be under scrutiny
yeah, and, and that question, a couple of things you raised. Um, I naively, never did, I did a previous show when the draw came out, and I thought we should be finishing second in this group. Uh, you've got little Oman, and then you've got our neighbors, Afghanistan and Bangladesh. It tells you how naive I was about, because uh, I was just getting into um, uh, Indian football and Nevin put me right. And he says, just wait until uh, the group starts playing and then you'll understand the frustrations of an Indian football fan. Uh, Vimal, you've been through that. And the question, you know, why can't 1.3 billion people produce 11 footballers is one that is too deep and too long that we can't answer here. Uh, in terms of ego, and, uh, you know, I personally think um, he needs to, if we don't qualify, for the um the uh, third round because the the way they've done it we will qualify for the playoffs or somewhere we still so we've still got a chance of getting into the AFC Cup. But if we don't finish third in this group, uh, do you think we're being harsh on Eagle, or do you think we've got the talent at the moment, but it's because of the manager the talent is not being able to um, play the football that we think they're capable of. It's always easy to comments sitting on the outside you know <laughs> but uh, that's what i'm good at so i'm going to go ahead and say yes <laughs> uh so the thing is uh, i believe that you know he's, he's had his time and i i think well if it's not working out you know then just just bring in someone new or, or at least bring back the old man because he's actually had a better impact as the far as results Yes, uh, Constantine. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Nevin, Nevin has been uh, asking for that man to come back. And to be fair, he yes, maybe, I'm thrilled, I'm thrilled. I think we need to move on from that. <laughs> or otherwise, I, I, I actually think that we should give a couple of managers a chance. Uh, there are a few who have been doing well. I mean, who, who actually did like win the I-League, like Khalid Jamil, for example. And he did really well. Uh, with the ISL team as well. So I, I think that, you know, if, if we are experimenting, why not give a couple of our own, yeah. you know, managers or coaches a chance instead of uh, having a heavy salary package for a, for an international manager who came with so much experience and brand name and everything, you know, the whole Croatian saga and all that. So uh, I, I think that, you know, maybe, maybe AFF should look at alternatives and... Uh, just to steady the boat a little bit, I think Constantine would be really great because he knows how AFF works. He knows how Indian football works. He's, he, I think he knows most of the players in the team as well. So it would be easy to get some, get a couple of easy results you know, down the road and then maybe plan for a future. That's, that's something that I, I believe. So. Yeah, I know Nevin wants him back. I, I think he might be a step back. I think he did well for us considering the restrictions that he had. But uh, I definitely think that uh, Igor missed a, a big trick. He should have been part of the bubble when the ISL was taking place. I think he should have been there during all that time, building relationships, talking to the players, giving them you know, thoughts on the way the next uh, few games are going to go that were coming up. So he missed a big trick there. Um, but I think the next manager, Nevin, should be somebody who's managed in the ISL, whether he's Indian or foreign, but somebody who's managed in the ISL, knows our players, knows what they're capable of. And uh, if I may add somebody who will come with a, a bigger plan. So it's very easy to blame Steamats, and I'm, I have lots of blame Steamats, but you know, along with Steamats, Isaac Doru was appointed. 
and uh, you know we kept hearing stuff like you know they are planning like a fully fledged revamp of the system. There will be a a, a certain. Am I audible? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there the, the will be a, a different, I mean, a, a system in place and we're looking at a 10-year project. Whoever, whoever has been you know, involved with Indian football kind of will tell you that every three or four years we keep hearing about these 10-year plans. You know, it will be Lakshya 2020, this, that, you know, we've had multiple vision programs, which will be very interesting to hear and we all, you know, you know, cuff out a report saying, you know, wow, this is the future of Indian football. And then it just sort of fizzles out. Nobody knows what happens to this. And uh, I want to see a bigger project now. Okay, appoint a national team manager, but also have from the youth leagues a proper system, uh, you know, playoff formation that you think suits India. You know, I remember reading about how Belgium made this golden generation and it was like 10 years they took to produce all these Lukaku's and Kevin De Bruyne's and Hazard's. So it is a, it's a big deal. And I think for the moment, we should look at Iceland. I think that's the country we can best replicate. Uh, it is, you know, a country driven on passion. They've, you know, drilled a certain formation into these players. They know what to do. And they're good at what they do. They are not exceptional footballers. You can see that when in isolation, these Iceland players are not doing really well. They are, you know, playing in lower leagues and stuff like that. But when they come together as a unit, they are a very, very tough team to beat. So I think that that should be India's priority, you know making a very strong unit who will, you know, die on the pitch and will nick those results. I don't want India to think that we are suddenly going to, you know, progress into this attacking team or whatever. Because, uh, I mean, defensively, we are very fragile at the moment. We don't have really good centre-backs because our centre-backs don't play in the ISL or anything. So, it is a system. It is a system which sort of makes it mandatory to have an Indian as a centre-back in all the leagues till ISL maybe. And, you know, there has to be some, I mean, it, it might look a little odd coming from me because that's like, you know, asking teams to play a certain way. But that's the only way to go about it. This is not a one-stop solution. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I do think Steamatch is poor in how, what he does with the, the players that he, he has. But the answer to can, you know, can, why can't we produce, you know, 11 good footballers from, uh, you know, one... 1.3 billion population isn't really, you know, to the national coach. I think that is a bigger project. And I, I want to see at least one project being implemented. We keep hearing these promises every two, three years. I know Vimal will agree. Um, and, and it just fizzles out. So maybe as journalists also, we keep asking these questions. Hey, what happened to those vision programs that you say, you know, where has it been implemented? Uh, when the baby leaks kick started, uh, there was a lot of, you know, thing, oh, baby leaks is the future. But having been a part of a baby league and having seen what it is, it's it's nice and cute and it's nice to see kids play and have fun. But what next? You know, what is the progress? I, did you scout the players? Did you think of the next step for these good, talented footballers that you spotted? No, this is like a good PR exercise to have a good, you know, 10 photographs of, you know, two children playing and then just move on. So... This is a this is a larger problem and it has to be you know tackled from the roots and I think it's best that we, you know, a lot of Indians are involved like Kalichamir and you know Thongboy uh, all these people who've been involved with football because they have the they have the reach they know what to you know where to set up camps you know where to look for players how to bring about a certain kind of players India is also a very diverse country uh, you know the footballers from northeast will have 
you know different characteristic from footballers from kashmir or punjab so we have to you know think of it from a uh, sort of a holistic perspective and you know work on it yeah a couple of things uh, a really good documentary i think it was in netflix or netflix or amazon i forget which one but they did um, uh, a couple of programs on the football in Iceland and even Rwanda. And um, at the moment, I'd be happy if India can replicate what Rwanda is doing forget Iceland um, in terms of promoting football and getting the grassroots together. Um, or even little old Oman. I mean, who would have thought that we'd be struggling against a country of the size of Oman with the resources they have compared to ours? Um, but um, in terms of uh, ideally, uh, you'd like you'd like to think in an ideal world, and we're far far from that. Is that the president of the federation would say, right, if we don't get to the um, quarterfinals, say we should be a top eight nation in Asia, surely. If we don't get there, I'll resign. Somebody else comes in, brings in their ideas, but that's an ideal world, and that's not going to happen, uh, like a lot of things. But uh, we have to work around with what we've got, unfortunately. But in terms of, um, I mean. <sighs> Just to end on this, we might be talking about two victories and we'll be thinking Igor, the magnificent coach who turned around with two brilliant performances. So we might have to hold fire, but uh, we live in hope as Indian football fans uh, and uh, we'll see what happens in the next two games. And in the next show, we'll uh, review what happened and how our predictions went. Um, I think all of us think we should win. Um but we'll see what happens and how we do it. Because end of the day, uh, I don't think it's about the performances now. It's about the result. Uh, it's got to that stage. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but there is a, funnily enough, I, I was going to mention this, straight after that game against Qatar in the evening here, the, the Euros, under 21 Euros are taking place. And I was watching Germany against Spain. And I enjoyed that game more. And I was thinking the German under 21 or the German, uh, Spanish under 21 could beat the Indian national team at the moment. And that's sad to say, um, but they just look technically superior even at that age. And it just makes you wonder the gap. Uh, but I enjoyed watching that game more than the uh, national team, which is uh, just a personal opinion. Uh, but moving to the Euros, Akash, um, what are the feelings of the Euros in India? And are people interested? Um, I know we're building up here because England obviously going to be involved. And we're going to bring back the trophy um, after, well, we've never won the trophy, but after 66, this is going to be our year. We always say that, but hopefully this year. And I'll come to Vimal about that. But Akash, what are the Euros uh, in India? And uh, is it generating any sort of interest? Yeah, it is generating a lot of interest this time because the football fans have grown since the last Euros. And uh, yeah, people are looking forward to it because there is a club football gap at this moment and everybody is uh, you know waiting for football in general but yeah if you compare uh, copa america and euros euros generally has a lot lot of reach in india i would say but copa america does exist but the same way copa america didn't have proper licensing in in the past few years so that has you know significantly lowered the competition and also if you consider the framework of both the tournaments uh, most uh, most well-recognized players are playing in the Euro. So except for Messi and Argentina and Brazil, Euros had the upper hand in producing top-class talent and with all the stars studded in that tournament, that generally gets a lot of eyeballs into that tournament. 
and uh, in terms of um, having your favorite team or um, a team that you're going to follow, are you going to um, put it out there, Akash? Yeah, I am. So when Telemann uh, scored that goal, I thought I was going to support Belgium. But what happened slowly was you realize after a point that supporting a strong team is not your best suited policy. So I'm going with Turkey this time. I'll stick with Turkey. Turkey. Yeah, we are weird choice, but uh, in the friendlies they defeated a full-fledged strong Netherlands squad by four goals to two. And in another game when they when they were up against Haaland and his men, Sancho beautifully. I mean, they have Sancho, Kabak, and Demiral on their centre back mm-hmm. duties, so they can be the dark horses. And they have two or three players from that Lily squad which dethroned PSG. So that's a very good squad if you. Consider it. So it so is Denmark. So Akash, based on what you said, is the fact that the, those teams you mentioned had the Leicester player influenced your decision? Yeah, absolutely. Nevin, which Kelsey player are you supporting in the Euros? Have you got a favorite European team that you followed for a while? Actually, it was Netherlands, but I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just like I don't think. <laughs> They are going to, you know, ever improve. Uh, I think uh, because uh, the first football tournament that I can remember is the '98 World Cup, and Netherlands did have like a decent team then. And so um, I don't know some strange fascination. And I think uh, the uh, I had just heard that Netherlands had like a cricket team also back then. So I was very fascinated by this country, which has a cricket team and a good football team. So some strange reason I got connected, and I used to like all the color orange a lot back yeah. then. So I they know, did have nice shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, something like that. So I always sort of support them. Uh, strangely enough, I think I'll go with their enemies, uh, Germany this time around, because there are too many. You know, the you know they've got Havertz and uh, you know Werner and Rudiger and all these. Uh, we got the German thing going at Chelsea here, but I think I'll be very neutral though. I'm not a I'm not a big nation. Uh, you know, follower. I I don't feel so much. Uh, I uh, you know, and just to come back to Akash's point there, I think the biggest challenge for Copa is the odd timings. You know, we will have to have like sides yeah. to you know support uh, these teams because in Kerala, I know women will agree with me is that we are mad about Brazil and Argentina. So people do sit and you know watch at these odd timings as well, and we do care a lot about Copa. But unfortunately, I think for somebody like me, I don't think I'm. I have that much passion to watch, uh, you know, nation playing at that odd hours, which is probably why we like the Euros more. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think Germany. If you have to, you know, if I have to pick a team, but I think in these tournaments, I generally like underdogs. So whenever an underdog, be, uh, you know, is pitted against a, a favorite, I will always support the underdog. So maybe a Turkey. And what <laughs> maybe I don't know the stages, but I think Portugal's got a decent side as well. It's they're, got they're, a very good team. Yes, they're in the group of the best. But if they get through, I don't think anybody will want to play uh, Portugal. Bimo, you're in the midst of enjoying Euro 2020 or in 2021 in England, and um, you've probably seen it from the outside. The hype anytime England goes into the what? What you probably haven't, but you're here now, and you can see the uh, coverage. Um, how are you building up to the Euro 21 and have you got a team or are you going to stick with the nation that's, uh, that you're living in at the moment? 
Uh, well, uh, as Nevin said, my team's playing in Brazil, and it is Brazil. So <laughs> it has always been Brazil because of my father's influence. But uh, well, well on that note, just to I don't know if you know it, but the Copa America is going to be televised live now uh, on the BBC. I think they've got the uh, rights to that. So if you can stay up or record it, you'll be able to watch all the games live here. Yeah, <laughs> that's the plan at least. Uh, but uh, yeah, as you said, uh, when it comes to Euros, um, I don't have a team. Like I did have a soft corner for the Dutch, just like Nevin, because you know they 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 had this whole culture and all, you know, like really interesting players as well. But then after 2010, I started hating them because of the whole, you know, the header and Snyder and everything. But let's not <laughs> remember that. Uh, I would ideally just root for England because it's interesting because when I step out, uh, I can already see people putting out flags and, you know, jerseys on their windows. And, you know, people are already talking about it in the pubs and everything. And it's like uh, advertisements like book your seats for Euro and all that. So I, I like the whole build up that's happening here. Uh, it's something that I've never experienced before. So that's that's something new and I'm kind of enjoying it. And I'm also like uh, really interested in uh, whether is it go finally going to come home? <laughs> uh, I, I so... don't think that, that, I mean, we've had a golden generation before when uh, Beckham and all, all uh, they, they were playing, but that generation never got too far. But this generation is different. And uh, in terms of mm. um, pubs, and I hope you've booked, because if you haven't booked for the England games, you're going to struggle to get a, a table anywhere at the moment. I was uh, looking next for next Sunday at two o'clock, and it took me ages to find a place. Uh, but I finally managed to get one, so I'm happy. But get those booked uh, for the England games. You will enjoy the atmosphere. It's not as normal, actually. Uh, previously, uh, it will build as the games start, but you would see the uh, flag of St. George everywhere on the cars. Uh, people really... Uh, uh, fly the flag and get into it and um, it's a shame that fan parks aren't open this year because you would have seen the scenes from Russia 2018 in the fan parks uh, beer being chucked everywhere because England got to the semi-finals and it was a brilliant brilliant summer uh, but you're going to be enjoying it I'm sure and uh, making the plans um, and like I said make sure you get your bookings in um, because it, it will yes. be memorable. But I just want to add one one point to that uh, uh, maybe not, uh, it's not a similarity, but uh, England's case is uh, somewhat similar to India because they have a brilliant lot of players, but I genuinely don't think Gareth Southgate is the right man to lead them because I don't know, I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I'm going to be extremely harsh here, but I think a better manager or a better coach can get a great, you know, result out of this English team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's brought a lot of young players in, so that's helped. And, um, you know, the fact that if you look at just the middle with Foden, Mount, and even Grealish, I mean, that's an incredible uh, midfield. And up front, obviously, you've got Harry. Um, I think defence is an issue because of Maguire, whether he's fit or not. Um, but um, we'll see what happens. Um, he's in the squad. Um, it's Pity that uh, Trent Alexander. Usually, our here. keeper making a mistake, right? Sorry. Do you sense a mistake from a keeper? That's usual for England in tournaments. <laughs> well, Pickford is known to uh, have the odd mistake in him, so that 
doesn't always give you the confidence that he's there. But uh, in terms of the squad and the team, I think um, there won't. And the fact that we've got the games at Wembley, I think that makes a big difference. Um, because uh, previously, obviously, the, the tournament would be held in a different nation. But because uh, uh, even the final and semi-final, there's a game at Wembley. So there's a lot going for England this time. Uh, not just the players, but just the um, uh, the tournament itself and how it's staged. Um, so a lot of hopes uh, riding on the uh, England team and uh, seeing if we can get through. Um, Nevin, coming to you in uh, terms... I do Sorry, go on. No, I, I, I don't know if it was part of the show, but like I would really want to know how you would, you know, select this England team for your, your level. Sorry, I didn't hear you, Nevin. What, what was that again? What would your England yeah, sorry, 11 uh, be? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's you can talk about that for ages. <laughs> he will go for a four-three-three, and you'll have um, uh, Raheem on one side, and um, you know when you got Kane as well. It, it's going to be tough picking that team, but it's a very very good attacking team. Like I said, the only issue is the defense and the goalkeeper that's got the odd mistake in him. But I think, um, like uh, Vimal says, it's difficult picking your first 11, but you can see. Uh, what do you think, Akash? Well, you're not following England at all. No, I am following England. And it's an odd choice always from Gareth Southgate. And as you said, England has had that golden generation when there was Beckham, Paul Scholes, Lampard, Gerrard, everybody in that team. And they couldn't get past that line. And not to forget that Euros was won by Greece as well. So there is that odd factor that England always misses out on the on the big stages, and somewhat this squad is lacking that international experience because in the last game we saw they just aged past an Austria team with a one-nil victory. So somewhere at the back of their mind, they they are still the underdogs of this tournament. The the matches can be in their home at Wembley, but still somehow they they are inexperienced in this in this. The type of tournaments could really hurt them in the long run. I think the best possible bet I can see them is making up making it up to the finals or semi-finals. But but yes, there is still that underconfidence in the England squad. So that really is uh, is, is the main factor. Bharat, I have another question. Uh, what is the general uh, you know because when when I used to see Gerard and Lampard and all schools play for a uh, England side. I always thought they were they just hated each other. They didn't want to be the same team. Um, but like right now, you see your Declan Rice or Mount or Foden or Rashford. They all seem to be good friends. So do you think that is, or, or is it just my perception changing because the coverage before this team? No, you do see that even after the Premier League games, and it's one of the reasons we don't like Ben Chilwell uh, because he was too uh, pally with some of the Chelsea fans and uh, with Grealish and Madison. I think it's because they came up through the ranks. Uh, the age groups that they've built up that uh, friendship and um, they're all playing at the same level, which also helps. Um, there isn't that rivalry between them um, and they do actually genuinely get on. And uh, I think they're also aware of how good a team this is at the moment. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, Akash, if you mentioned it, but semifinals is very, very realistic for this team, especially if they, I mean, the group they've got, they should qualify top. 
um, but um, they are genuinely um, friends and not rivals. Um, you can see that even in the Premier League after the game's finished. Yeah, while it's playing, it's full on, but afterwards you can see them, uh, which doesn't always go down well with fans, but it is what it is. Um, but Vimo, in terms of um, how you think the tournament will pan out, um, how do you see the semi-final lineup? Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think France is definitely one of the teams because they have a phenomenal squad and they have excellent replacements for every position almost. Uh, it's unfortunate that Benzema did not get the start he probably should have, uh, missing the penalty and all. But I think France is definitely one of the strongest teams. And I, I feel that Portugal is also really, really good because it's not just about the Ronaldo factor. It's just they've got brilliant young players like Half Felix and Bruno Fernandes, who's been like, I know, everything he touches is turning into gold, literally. And uh, I think that England is the third team. And uh, uh, fourth team, like, like uh, Akash, I'm going to go with the dark horse, you know, probably. Uh, I think Belgium, because, you know, the reason why I want to go with Belgium and why I think they're the dark horses, they've been really good at the 2018 World Cup and they've had like the best players. They still have the best players, but I think some of their players are not in the best of form right now, but they're all, you know, closing to like 30 and 31. So the, the time for their golden generation is almost up. And this is probably a last hurrah for most of the players in the Belgian squad, especially the defenders. I think they still have Thomas Lamalian and everything. I don't know how he got into the squad, but <laughs> so I think those players would give it their all, <laughs> uh, uh, considering that, you know, they might not get a chance to put on the shirt for the national team again. <laughs> so you're going with France, Portugal, uh, Belgium, they're not really the underdogs when you look at some of the players they've got. I can On see paper, not so much, but I, I don't think they've had a great run-up or anything to the tournament, do they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, obviously, they've got a good Leicester contingent as well. So um, just adding to that squad. So <laughs> France, Belgium, Portugal, and who's your fourth team? England. <laughs> England, of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to confirm that. Akash, how do you think this panning out? I would go with Turkey, England, not Portugal. I feel that the team is, individually the players are great, but as a team, I don't see that promise yet. So I'm going with France and Belgium. Very, very similar to um, Bimal there. I mean, both of you have said Portugal, but they are in the group of death against Germany and France. So both of you think um, Germany will not get out of that group. I think so, at least. I think Joachim Lowe is done. <laughs> when you look at that team, I mean, the likes of Thomas Muller's back, uh, they've got Immel's back in defence, and then you've got the Man City, Gundogan, um, and then obviously your boys as well. So there's quite a good Chelsea contingent. But that's not convincing you with the likes of um, Rudiger no. and Werner <laughs> and Havertz? I am confident that uh, Timo Werner is going to win the Golden Boot. And come back to well, Chelsea not if they don't twenty <laughs> plus. Get out of the group; they're going to struggle. <laughs> but they're going to lose. <laughs> Timo Werner to win the golden board, just like Harry Kane with Tottenham. You know. 
Well, I, I think um, the Portugal-Germany game will be the one that will decide. Uh, but when you look at the Portuguese team as well, with Ruben Dias, obviously the player of the Premier League, Diego Jota, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, and there's a player called Ronaldo as well. Um, it's uh, quite frightening, that group. Uh, Nevin, um, do you agree with Akash and Dimmel that uh, Germany are not going to get out of that group of death? And who are you all for? Sorry, we can't hear you, Nevin. Sorry, sorry, I had my heart on mute. Uh, basically, I think I think Germany is going to qualify because when they play as a nation, this is one country I've seen players who don't play so well for clubs perform really well in the country. Uh, so I think they they should they they have enough quality to get out. And uh, I'm also a little confused. Don't they have like six groups? So how does it work uh, in in terms of uh, you know making? Yeah, it's the uh, top two and then um, the fourth, four top third place teams. Exactly. So you can uh, qualify, right? Even if you uh, if you finish third. If you finish third, yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you if you I lose, yeah. But if you think about it, if Germany lose against Portugal and France, they'll end up with three ah, points. Then, then they're going to struggle. Because you know, I think that group is going to you know take each other's points. So I think it'll be a closely fought point. I don't think France is going to win all those matches. Um, I fancy Italy. I, again, another nation that just turns up for these uh, these uh, big uh, big tournaments, all pumped up, singing their national anthems. Uh, so I, I'm sort of like putting my money on uh, Italy as well to do really well, if not make it to the semi-finals. Uh, I, they don't have like, a lot of star players. No, no. That is not really. Uh, it's a young really team. Strong. Sorry? But they did. It's a young team, but they won all of yes, their qualifiers. Team. They won all 10 yeah. games. And Mancini is doing his, you know, I can't say magic, but he seems to be, you know, getting things right there. So, uh, Italy is my dark horse for the government. Um, I also expect England to be there challenging. Uh, France, obviously, I think the strongest squad. I think France can have two teams. They're very strong. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, what did I say right now? Uh, England, um, Germany, Italy, and France. Correct, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And one thing you haven't mentioned, any of you, uh, Spain. Um, I you know. did think of Spain. I did think of Spain, but I just, uh, without Ramos, and I don't know, I just uh, felt a little, uh, you know, something is brewing that we don't know about. Uh, there are versions for, say, Real Madrid, for example. I, I think something else is cooking there. Yeah, but don't forget they beat Germany 6 0 in the Nation, uh, Nations League um, in the recent past. So they've got it in them. Um, but it's, um, you know, uh, not often that you don't mention uh, Spain uh, getting into the end of the tournament's uh, semi finals. But um, I, I can't really argue with those four apart from Akash, Turkey. I'll be very surprised. Um, I'm not sure which group they're in. Oh, they're in Italy's group with Wales. Because Italy's I think, group, yeah. Yeah. So they've got an easier group. So. Chances are, chances are high to qualify for the next. Yeah, yeah, they will. I mean, it will be. You also there, that group? Uh, it's Italy, Turkey, Wales, and Switzerland. Uh, no, I think they, yeah, Turkey should go through. Yeah, I think it will be. And Gareth Bale has got something. And I think Turkey are the opening game as well. So we'll see against Italy on Friday when it all kicks off. So that'll be really interesting. Well, um, 
lot of football to look forward to, uh, especially uh, with India playing. And then, like I said last week, it'll lead us into the Euros. So we'll be buzzing after two great victories this week and looking forward to the Euros and um, seeing. Oh, Bimo, did you say your team for. I know you said Brazil, but you have to pick a team. It's going to be England, right? Just to confirm. Yes, yes, of course. Why All not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you wear the three lines with pride, so like uh, the rest of us will. Okay, fantastic. Um, short to show than normal, but um, thank you all so much for taking time out. Really enjoy the conversation, and um, you know we we'll look forward to um, Igor becoming our new hero this week and uh, talking about fantastic performances in our next show. Uh, the next show will be in about two three weeks time. Uh, Nevin has allowed me a couple of weeks. A couple of weekends off um, after a year of lockdown. So I'm looking forward to that, spending some time outside Leicester. So uh, we'll be catching up and reviewing a lot of football when we come back in a few weeks' time. But um, to all of you uh, back home, Akash, Nevin, stay safe and uh, look after yourselves and your family. Bimal, um, I know we're planning to meet up, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, but uh, like I said, get those pubs booked. Get your seat and table. Uh, you will not regret it. All right, yes. guys, thank you so much for today. You take care. Thank yeah. you. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you, guys. Hopefully football is coming home.